You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For all things, for all things KC, for everything Chiefs, it's always game, it's always game day in Kansas City. Now, here's your host, Kayla Kinnearum and Nick Short. I, you know, I told myself I would shave my mustache once Kansas got eliminated from the tournament. Nick, you took, you, you stole my thunder. I was going to say, I can't help but notice we still have a mustache on our face and not to address the elephant in the room, but to address the elephant in the room. Kansas is no longer in the tournament. Neither to, is Mizzou, but... To address the mustache in the room. Oh. You yes. know, you know, I woke up Sunday morning and I was just too depressed to grab the razor. And I said, you know what? This is my... It's like my scarlet letter. It's my, <laughs> it's my badge of shame that I'm going to wear around until I'm I've fully processed the loss. I know this is a football podcast, but my West bracket is completely perfect heading into the Sweet 16 because I never bet on Kansas. Wait, like you haven't missed a single game? Perfect in the West. Not a single game is missed. Did you? I'm, enter- first, I'm first in my family bracket. I was about to pool. say, is there any, you got any, you got anything she, on the line here? She's done pretty well. I should have, no, I didn't put oh. any money in this. I know. That's a shame. That, the that only money winner. My only major flub at this moment was I had Marquette in the final four. But what other than Mizzou? that, we're good. Did you have um, Mizzou in the national championship game? <laughs> no, I know some family that has them there. I had them playing Bama and the Elite Eight. So that hurt. But okay. well, you know that's what? Here nor there. We weren't a one seed. So in the end, if you don't make it to the final four, you're not hanging a banner. So our seasons will be remembered just like everybody else who loses next week. I don't want to, you know, throw salt in the wound, but the fact that KU lost the same day Mizzou did made our loss less painful. Thanks. You know, I wasn't going to go there, but you <laughs> leave it to you. Leave it to you. Got to have some fun with it, right? Let's uh-huh. laugh so we don't cry. Yeah, I'm having a ton of fun right now, if you can't tell. <laughs> just a, just, I'm having a blast over here. <laughs> I mean, we had to address it. We addressed it last week. I don't yeah. know what our bet was, but I guess it's kind of canceled out since both of our teams lost. Doesn't matter, day. does it? No. Nope. Yeah. Moving on. All right, we're going to move on with some Chiefs football now. Nick, the Chiefs still have yet to do anything at wide receiver this offseason. Let's look at some potential options for KC, shall we, and assess how interested we would be. We're going to start with DeAndre Hopkins. As we know, he's requested a trade. He still has two years left on his contract. Reports are that Arizona wants a second-round pick in return for Hopkins. He said that he wants a new contract, but that depends on the team. What are our thoughts on DeAndre Hopkins? I would take him in a second. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. I think overall, I agree with your sentiment. I would probably, uh, I would probably take him in a second as well. You know, it's kind of eerie that this guy who three-time first-team All-Pro 
requests a trade and there just hasn't been a whole lot of movement. Like there's not a lot of chatter. There have been a few teams that have reportedly been interested, but in terms of, you know, Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport saying, okay, these are the finalists. These are the teams. These are the packages that are being proposed. There really hasn't been anything there, which doesn't it kind of remind you of this whole offseason as a whole when it comes to wide receivers? You know, last year you see, uh, you see Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill getting traded and then getting ma- AJ Brown getting massive contracts afterwards or Christian Kirk kind of a, a rather unknown name, at least amongst the casual NFL fan, he gets $20 million per year. It was the off season of wide receivers. They mm-hmm. reset the market. And this year, what has there been? There's been Jacoby Myers and Alan Lazard signing deals worth like $10 million a year. That's not exactly front page news. Hasn't it been so weird just kind of watching this whole thing play out compared to a year ago? Very underwhelming in the, the splash category for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I wonder, and I wonder if there's like a ripple effect going on. I wonder if this is sort of the market trying to correct itself. I wonder if this is NFL teams and GMs saying, we saw what happened last year. We need to make sure we don't fall victim to that sort of trend and then end up overpaying for some guy that... Because those guys that were... I mean, A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill, and Devontae Adams, those are three of the top six wide receivers in the NFL. None of these guys are that. Now, DeAndre Hopkins, on the other hand, is sort of interesting. You know, before last year, let's just kind of go through the whole story here. Last year, DeAndre Hopkins misses the first six games of the season due to a positive PED test. Now, we don't know specifically why he was taking PEDs. The year prior, when he was injured, was really the first year. His first year, or six, his second year in Arizona, pardon me, 2021. That was the first time in his career that he had missed any significant time. Like this dude wasn't had played 15 or 16 games in each of the first eight seasons of his career. You know how unheard of that is for a wide receiver to go eight years into your career and play at least 15 games every season. Crazy. It's so hard to do with that position where guys get banged up and they're going across the middle and they're taking big shots all the time. So he gets injured. He only plays 10 games. Before the 2022 season, last offseason, tests positive for PEDs. So he gets suspended for the first six games. So now all of a sudden, not only did you miss the tail end of 2021, you had to sit out the first month and a half of 2022. By the time he comes back, Arizona's a mess, right? We saw what the Chiefs did to them in week one. It never got better. You've got Kyler Murray arguing with his coach. You've got hard knocks behind the scenes showing what just is clearly a dysfunctional team. It's a dysfunctional locker room. And DeAndre Hopkins is asking for a trade now because he doesn't want to be a part of it. Like that, that part has been very public too. He just doesn't want to be in Arizona. He doesn't want to be a part of the Kyler Murray sideshow anymore. And I honestly don't blame don't him. Don't blame him. No, I mean, there was a, there was a spot on hard knocks where he was literally trying to call Kyler Murray was mad at Cliff Kingsbury for the plays he was calling. DeAndre Hopkins is trying to calm him down on the sideline, like saying, like, hey, dude, 
calm down. Like you can't be getting into a fight with your head coach. Like this is was wild. This is the NFL. Like, are you new here? So clearly he wants out, right? But he misses the first six games of last year. Comes back, Kayla. He was, I don't think people really, because I've heard a lot of people talking about maybe this guy's over the hill and maybe he's not the player he once was, which all of that might be true. He's 31 years old. That's not, wide receiver isn't like running back where you hit a wall and then never are the same player. Wide receiver is typically more of a gradual decline. And it wouldn't shock me whatsoever if maybe we're starting to see that downward curve of his career. But I just want to make one thing clear. When DeAndre Hopkins came back last year, he looked like the old DeAndre Hopkins. His first game back from his suspension, he caught 10 passes for 103 yards. First, the Saints, by the way, which is one of the best defenses in the NFL this year. The next week against Minnesota, he catches 12 passes for 159 yards and a touchdown. And you can say, well, he was the only guy they're throwing the ball to. Um, there are a lot of players around the NFL who get the ball thrown to them a lot. Go find me how many guys had 12 receptions for 159 yards last year. Here are some more highlights from his season, Kayla. 10 catches for 98 yards versus the Rams. Nine catches for 91 yards versus San Francisco. Four catches for 87 yards against the Chargers. Seven for 79 against the Patriots. Seven for 60 against the Broncos. These are elite Numbers, not good numbers, not like, hey, the guy's still got some gas in the tank type numbers. Those are elite number one wide receiver numbers. Yep. And then at the end of the year, he was inactive for the final two games. Their season was shot. I think he was dealing with some nagging injury, which again, that could be a part of age. You get in more. But to say that because he tore his ACL the year before, which is one of the most common injuries in this sport, comes back after a suspension, looks like one of the best receivers on the planet, and then shut it down for two games because your season is over and your team's got... A, they're the fourth pick in the NFL draft, Kayla. They're one of the worst teams in the NFL. There was nothing to play for. The idea that now all of a sudden he has to carry this label of being either too old or injury-prone it doesn't make any sense to me because I saw this guy last year and he looked really, really damn good. And he wants out now because he's playing for an absolute sideshow of a team that has no direction. They're picking fourth in the draft. This team is not going to compete next year. He's 31 years old. He probably knows his window of being that guy is only going to be open for a few more seasons. He wants a fresh start. And if I am the Chiefs, I am on the horn with the Cardinals every single day trying to figure out a way to get this done because that guy will fit in any system, including the Chiefs. I think you know we can get into specifically what kind of receivers thrive in the Chiefs system, like what sort of skill sets they look for. DeAndre Hopkins is one of those dudes who just does a little bit of everything. You don't pigeonhole him. He's not one of these guys who only does, he only can hit go routes or he's only across the middle guy, right? He's a zone break. He can beat anything. He can beat any type of coverage. He can get open in any sort of system. He can thrive in any system. He's one of those elite level players and he absolutely is still a game changer on offense.
just to piggyback on everything you just said, um, in the nine games he played in, in the 2022 season, he finished with 64 receptions, 717 receiving yards and three receiving touchdowns. And if the chiefs pick him up, he doesn't even have to be the top wide receiver. So yeah, sign me up. Like, like you said, you can put him into anything and he'll, he'll do well. He'll thrive. I'm and that was in, it. and that was in nine games. One of, one of those games, Kayla, I think he caught one pass for four yards. That was the, the last game he played before they shut him down. So in basically half a season, he caught 64 passes for 717 yards. And just if you're a numbers person, uh, that would have been third on the team uh, in, in receiving yards for the Chiefs last year. That would have been third on the team in receiving yards. It would have been third on the team in receptions in half a season. Okay. Yeah, I'm in. So so and here's what I want to talk about a little bit with like fit. Because De- because DeAndre Hopkins is the prototype. If you could create a receiver in a lab, it would probably look a lot like him, right? Because he's tall, he's long, he is athletic. We 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 look at the draft and we look at certain fits, and you say, okay, well, you know, the guys who are prototypes, they usually go, you know, top five, top ten, like Jamar Chase. He can do everything. Like he's rangy, he's fast, he's a great route runner, he's strong. He has every single attribute you could possibly want. I think DeAndre Hopkins, because he's so tall and long that he gets this reputation for being like a contested catch guy. Like he's not always going to get open, but you can just drop back and throw it up to him and he's going to jump over the defender and catch the ball because he's a freak. But you don't get 14 targets in a game. You don't get 12 catches in a game just by winning contested catches. You get 12 catches in a game by getting open a lot. And that is what this offense is all about. If you want to thrive in the Chiefs offense, just get open. That quarterback will find you. And that that head coach, that play caller, he is going to scheme you open. So you don't have to be a speedster like Tyreek Hill or Marquez Valdez-Scaling, but that can help. You either have to do, you have to fit into a specific hole. Can you take the top off the defense? Can you be a guy who can just run go routes and beat the guy? That's how MVS wound up with the job in Kansas City. Can you just be uh, somebody who can sit there in zone coverage and then make guys miss after the catch? That's how Juju Smith-Schuster got a contract in Kansas City. Do one thing really well. They'll find a way to make you fit. DeAndre Hopkins does a lot of things well. And I think the biggest part about it is, what do you have to lose? I was just going to say, what's the downside of this? I'm not hearing one. <laughs> so I think you got to look at his contracts. contracts, yeah. The things that but, I don't really pay attention to. <laughs> well, it's tough too because the NFL makes it so difficult sometimes with the way that they structure their contracts to know exactly how much this person is worth or how much they're going to be owed if they are dealt, like I can tell you, I can look at DeAndre Hopkins contract right now and say, uh, he's, he's got a cap hit of $30 million next year and a cap hit of $25 million the year after that. Well, that sounds like a lot of money, but there are cap savings and dead money involved. I would guess, you know, if you traded him, a lot of times what they'll do is the Cardinals will say, okay, we'll trade and we'll eat nine million dollars of that contract so you don't owe him the full 30 million dollars you owe him 21 million dollars which makes it a little more palatable 
the other side is what are the Cardinals actually willing to accept in return? Some teams play hardball. Some teams will say, nope, this is what we think a guy is worth. And we don't care that he wants out. If we don't get what we want in return, then we'll just let him sit there on the bench and be pissed off all year. We don't care. Other teams, like the Patriots have commonly done this. The Patriots are like, if he doesn't want to be here, bye. Don't care. Like that, that, that is Bill Belichick has made that so abundantly clear. <laughs> if this guy wants out, I don't care. Send us a bag of footballs. We don't care. We are not going to keep somebody around here that's not going to be a part of the program. And so you don't know how any GM is going to operate. The Cardinals now have a new general manager. So you don't know exactly how teams are going to operate and how teams are going to kind of handle that. But the fact that he's still under contract with another team, that complicates things a little bit because there's probably sure. going to be a bidding war and there's probably going to be other teams who are maybe willing to either give up more in a trade or have more to give, right? The Chiefs are picking last in every round of the NFL draft, which means their draft assets aren't quite as valuable as basically anybody else's. Someone else making waves through the NFL news as to where they will be playing next year. Odell Beckham Jr., as we know, he didn't play last year due to a torn ACL. Um, reports were that he wants multi, a multi-year deal worth 15 to $20 million per year. He came out over the weekend and disputed this in a tweet saying, I'm just saying $4 million isn't enough. Um, saying he was confused where they were getting 20 from. What do we do with Odell? Interested or nah? Well, thanks for clearing things up, Odell. So now, Kayla, <laughs> we just know his asking price is somewhere in between $4.1 million and $19.9 million. <laughs> That's a nice tight range for us to operate with. <laughs> you know, Odell's interesting, too, because he hasn't played in a full year. You want to talk about injury concerns? Those are real. The flip side of that is if you just compared him in a vacuum to the other free agent receivers this year, I mean, he's the best. Even with the injury concerns, you would take him over Juju. You would take him over Jacoby Myers. You would take him over Alan Lazard. Even at his age, even at his with his injury history, we saw him in the Super Bowl. This guy, much like we just talked about with DeAndre Hopkins, when healthy on the field gets open at an incredible level. One thing I don't really hold against him is how things went in Cleveland. I mean, that was a train wreck with Baker Mayfield as, as your quarterback and with Freddie kitchens and Hugh Jackson. Like that was a, that was a bad, that was a bad stretch uh, there in Cleveland. So I don't really hold that against him when he was in LA, Kayla, he was really, really good. And they didn't ask him to do very much. They just said, hey, run fade routes. Stafford's going to throw it up to you in the end zone. Go be Odell Beckham Jr. Make some crazy catches. And that's what they did. They also brought him in when they had Cooper Cup catching, what was it, 140 balls last year or two years ago? They set the NFL record for, like, he almost had a 2,000-yard season. So they weren't asking him to go and be a Superman. And I don't think the Chiefs would either, right? We know how the Chiefs offense is going to operate. Travis Kelsey's going to get his. You get in where you fit in. I think Odell Beckham Jr. would be a better version of what the Chiefs had with Juju Smith-Schuster. And before you even say, well, what about the injuries, right? What about the injuries with Juju? He's got, what, four concussions? Yeah. And he's got, a knee, he's got a knee history himself. So 
I think the the biggest thing that we keep falling into and I keep hearing people talk about is anytime we talk about one of these receivers, DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham Jr., even with Juju, I hear a million reasons why the Chiefs shouldn't sign them. Injuries, overpaid, not good enough. Then what, if, if that's what your stance is, that this guy's not worth it, this guy's not worth it, this guy's not worth it, then what is your solution? Because you can't just sit there and say no, 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 no to every potential free agent and not have a counter plan. You can't just say, well, you got three receivers on the team right now. You got to add somebody. And as good as Patrick Mahomes is, I truly do believe he could win with anyone. Mm -hmm. Same. It's, it's not the worst idea to give him a little help though, right? Like maybe it's not you make get, it super hard. We know he can do it, but you know, it's like, it's not sweated out. <laughs> it's like you bought a Lamborghini. Would it kill you to get some tire shine on it? You know, <laughs> maybe get some, maybe put a wax coating on it. Maybe run it through the wash and keep it clean. Like we get it. The car is really fast, but you invested in something. Why don't you invest just a little bit more? That's where I'm at with the receivers. And you don't have a, a bad contract on this roster. The only guys you really paid right now are Mahomes, Kelsey, Chris Jones, and Joe Tooney. And now I guess you'd throw Jawan Taylor into the mix. That's probably the riskiest contract on the books because you took a guy who played right tackle in Jacksonville and you are asking him to pay, play left tackle. And we don't know how that's going to look. That's the riskiest deal on the books. You're, you're like... People always talk about risk, like, oh, they want too much money. Oh, they, they, I'm not sure. They want too much compensation. You're allowed to make risky decisions in the NFL. That's not in, like, Brett, Brett Veach's job description is not, hey, take no risks. Only make safe moves. Only make moves that you 100% know are going to work out. It's not how it works. It's the same reason why he drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the first round two years ago. It didn't work out. It was a risky pick, but there was a reason behind making it and you have to go into this understanding that your GM is not going to bat a thousand ever Bill Belichick doesn't bat a thousand nobody does nobody in the NFL makes every correct transaction but if you are in a position where you're trying to compete for Super Bowls and you are trying to add to this receiver room in a year where the options are pretty scarce I think you could do a hell of a lot worse than going out and signing a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. maybe it doesn't work out right Maybe you pay him $15 million and he shows up and the, the knee issue is, is still a problem, right? Maybe he's a shell of his former self. Maybe he's a jerk in the locker room, which is something else I've, I've heard thrown around, but I don't really get. Okay. Well, that was my biggest thing. My concern with Odell Beckham Jr. is, is he, does he play well with others? Is he a team player? Is he going to come in here and want to be, the top wide receiver. And when he doesn't get enough looks and catches, he's going to pout and throw a fit. Like we saw he did in Cleveland. Um, that's my concern with him. I'll take Deandre Hopkins any day. I'm good with Odell. So it's purely the, like the locker room stuff with Odell that scares you off. Yeah. I don't want ego. Like that scares me. And we even heard Tyree kill in this season say one of the reasons he wanted to leave and take more money was because he didn't think he got the ball enough. What? Were we watching the same games? Yeah, I don't really know. I think Tyreek was just trying to... Uh, he kind of... He plays both sides of the coin. Like, everything he said since he's left Kansas City. One day, he'll talk about how much he loves Pat and Andy, and then the next day, he's talking about how he didn't get the ball enough. I think he just... 
plays the media game a little bit. Odell Beckham Jr. has been so weird because he started his career in New York City and he started his career with such a bang that he has been sort of this media lightning rod his entire career. And I think some of it is earned and I think some of it's unfair. I think a lot of it, like the antics, whether it be on the sideline, you know, where he's kicking a net or throwing a helmet or doing weird touchdown celebrations. Like when you play in New York City and you're doing these things, they're, the attention's already on you and now you're just adding to it. The other stuff, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, wasn't it when he was in Cleveland, his dad releasing a video on Twitter of all of the times that <laughs> that 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 Baker Mayfield missed him when he was wide open and he didn't. Are go you kidding? I think that was what ultimately led to his demise. Now, I don't need that off-field distraction. But Kayla, is there any coach in the NFL who's better at handling egos than Andy Reid? I mean, True. dude, he made Tyree Kill work for six years, six years, and you're talking about winning a Super Bowl. Tyreek Hill playing at an all-pro level. Andy Reid did it with Terrell Owens. Like, Andy Reid went to the Super Bowl with T.O. Is there a bigger locker room distraction in the history of the NFL than T.O.? <laughs> Andy Reid has not been shy yeah. about that. Because you know what he does? From day one, he lets you know how it's going to be. And when you have the cachet that the Chiefs have now, the Chiefs aren't just like some team chasing a ring. They're not the Bills. They're not the Dolphins. They're not like, hey, look at how good our team is. Do you want to be a part of this? Hey, do you want to come be a part of our team? Because we feel like you're the piece that can put us over the top. That's not the pitch from the Chiefs. You don't have to do that when you got two Lombardis. You say, hey, this is what we do. It's not about us fitting you into our system. It's about you fitting into our system. Do you want to do that? If so, these are what I'm going to need from you. If you can't do this, then we don't need you. That's the... That's the trump card that you have when you're Andy Reid and Brett Veach. I, I, I don't really worry about it. I think the locker room is so good that it can't be disrupted by one guy. I, under, I, I agree with you. Like This is a really nice ecosystem, and I don't want to mess it up. But if you truly believe in the strength of your locker room culture, then you should be able to handle one guy who may have a bit of a history or a track record of that kind of stuff. I feel like playing under Andy Reid is like going to a a camp for troubled youth. <laughs> Not that our players are troubled, but these players just have so much respect for him. And he has a way of just commanding their respect. And yeah, like you said, he can change people. So that's a good point. I will no longer worry about that if Odell does become Okay, so I got you on board. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, then there's door number three, Nick, and that is trading up in the first round of the draft to take whoever you think is the best receiver in the draft class. Potential options include Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State, Quentin Johnson from TCU, and Jordan Addison hailing from USC. Do we like any of these? You know, it's kind of weird picking at 31 because you're never going to be in a position to get one of those premier guys, even though there are uh, plenty of success stories from the second and third round, like you don't have to go back very far. We all know at this point that the Chiefs passed on DK Metcalf, right? Like Terry McLaurin was around there. Um, AJ Brown, Debo Samuel. There are plenty of guys to be taken in the second or third round. Uh, Deontay Johnson that 
go on to have pro bowl or all pro careers at receiver. But if you're talking about banking on it, if you're talking about, Hey, we're not going to be able to get one of these free agent receivers. We're going to have to go draft one. Then you put yourself in a position where you can't afford to wait to the 31st pick or later to go after wide receiver. Like you did last year with sky Moore. The problem is this is not the strongest receiver class. Like you just mentioned three guys. I mean, the, uh, Quentin Johnson is probably projected to be the, the first selected out of that list, but that's not a lock. Maybe he'll go, you know, 12th to or 11th or 12th to the Texans or 15th to the commanders. But there is not that surefire can't miss wide receiver prospect. And even if there was, there's no such thing. Like we see guys get drafted all the time in the first round that don't end up panning out. If you were to make me pick of those three, I would probably choose Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State. He only played 60 snaps last year. That's a little bit concerning, but you got two guys who were rookies in the NFL last year, Chris Olave for the Saints and Garrett Wilson for the Jets, both of whom played with Smith and Jigba at Ohio State, both of whom had incredible rookie seasons last year, and they both say that JSN was the most talented receiver on the team when they played. They were like, yeah, he's better than all of us. So that's pretty exciting, right? He's not a burner. He's not somebody like Tyreek Hill, but you know what he is? He's six foot, six foot one, and he tested the best agility times of anybody at the wide receiver position at the combine this year. He's a great route runner. That means he's going to get open. Like, I don't need you to be Tyreek Hill. I, the Chiefs are never going to draft a Tyreek Hill replacement. All you need to do is get open. You have the best quarterback in the NFL and the best play caller in the NFL. They are going to find ways to scheme you open. If you can catch the ball and turn up field, I think you're going to find a role in this offense. He really excites me. Like, I like this kid a lot. The question becomes, is there any such thing as a wide receiver prospect who's never played a snap in the NFL that is worth banking on as opposed to the sure thing. It's like, if I gave you two options, Kayla, and I said, in this hand, I'll give you the sure thing. I'll give you a guy who's got a track record of a ton of success. Let's say it's DeAndre Hopkins. The pros are, you know he's good. Mm -hmm. No, he's great. The cons are, he's 31. He's expensive, and he's missed significant time with a significant knee injury over the last two years. The flip side is, door two, I give you wide receiver prospect X. Let's call him Jackson Smith and Jigba. The pros are, he is dirt cheap, and he is super young. The cons are, he has never played a single down in the NFL, and guess what? He might suck. He might not be an NFL player. It happens to every single team. So which door are you taking if you're the Chiefs? They both have pros. They both have cons. Yeah. You just won a Super Bowl. Where are you going? I mean, if it's me, based on what we saw last season with Sky Moore, I'm taking DeAndre Hopkins. Don't, like, yeah, yes. Like, I, I like that we drafted him. I think he's going to improve leaps and bounds this upcoming season, but we can't like, we didn't bring him into bank on him this year. We brought him yeah. in to kind of bring him up. I I want someone that's got a proven track record. The injuries do scare me a little bit, but I want someone to come in and be the juju that we had this season. 
you think the risk of the injuries and the age is less than the risk of just like the unknown of yeah, yes. being a college player. Yes. That's where I'm at. Where are you at? What would you do? Well, I think, I think that is, that is the higher floor. Deandre Hopkins worst case scenario. He's just a little bit older and not quite as productive, but there's no chance DeAndre Hopkins would come in and just fail in Kansas City, right? There's no chance that you bring him in and he's healthy right. all year. We kind of have to remove health from this because the health thing, I don't want to completely ignore it, but to me, it's kind of like a cop-out to giving a real answer because I could just do that with any player. Well, and we're, we're talking about something that could not happen. Right. So like I, I can say that with any player. I could say, what if Patrick Mahomes head falls off tomorrow? It's like, well, he's probably not going to have a great season. Like, so let's not, I don't like doing the injury conversation unless it's a guy that just misses time every single year with injuries. Then all of a sudden it's like, okay, this guy can't get on the field. So it's a little bit different with Deandre. It's like, n there's no chance. He's just going to suck. He may not be right. great, but the flip side is he may, he may just be okay at a really, really high price tag that may not hit you too much this year. Next year, he's the same guy and he's expensive again. And now all of a sudden you're trying to re-sign Chris Jones and Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith and Nick Bolton. Then things get a little bit more difficult. The other side of it is I can't let what happened with Sky Moore scare me off from ever drafting a wide receiver again. Like really? if you're a, if you're a GM, you kind of got to have a short memory and say, hey, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. I'm going to miss on some prospects, but like stay the course. We got to keep evaluating guys. We got to keep going after the dudes we think are going to fit in this team. Just because we missed on a guy last year doesn't mean that we just can't scout wide receivers and we should never draft one again. And the other side of it is, what if Sky Moore's great this year? You know, what if Sky Moore takes a huge leap in I'm year two? I'm hoping he will be. Me too. And honestly, Kayla, I'm not even just like being a homer. I, I, I think he could, like, I think Sky Moore could have a really big sophomore year. That may not mean, you know, 1200 yards and 10 touchdowns, but it wouldn't shock me if he goes for, if he's like the number one wide receiver on this team, if he goes for 800 yards and six touchdowns, like really Andy, number Reed's, one. Andy Reed's offense is not, designed for a novice wide receiver. There's a reason why it's, you know, like there's a reason why he's the best. There's a reason why he's the best play caller in the NFL because he thinks of stuff that only he can think of. If it were easy, then everyone would do it, which means for a 21 year old kid coming out of college, it's a lot. It's a lot for him to learn. And I'm sure a lot of these rookie receivers' heads are spinning in year one. They're like, wait, what? I'm lining up here. Wait, there's misdirection here. Now I'm supposed to be doing this. And if you can't learn it all right away, Andy Reid's going to say, okay, you just go over to the sideline. You just watch. Just watch. <laughs> I mean, seriously, just watch. We're going to put guys out there that know the place. You can learn this year. But I'm not going to sacrifice the rest of the team's ability to thrive just so like you can get acclimated. It would not shock me after a full, a full off season. If this guy wants to work, right? I don't know. I have no reason to think he doesn't, but that's the big caveat here. Do you want to work? Do you want to be great? Are you going to put in all the extra time, all the optional time? Are you going to fly down and work out with Pat? Are you going to, you know, spend all off season honing your craft? If so, 
you have the skills. There's no question. Like Sky Moore has the skills. Can you put in the work now? Can you have that learning curve from year one to year two where all of a sudden you're ready to be a premier playmaker? Because the offense is there for you. The quarterback's there for you. The head coach is there for you. You got a lot of reasons to succeed. Like it would not shock me if we see a big leap from him next year. I would love nothing more. I, I, I honestly, like no pun. I, that is my favorite. <laughs> that's my favorite of these doors. Door four, Sky Moore just taking a massive leap in year two. That's my favorite one. Let's go. <clears throat> With all of this said, do you think we make a move at wide receiver before the draft? Yes. Oh. I mean, the draft is a little over a month away, I would be shocked if they go into the draft with three receivers. Now, maybe they go after a less splashy name, right? Maybe they mm -hmm. go get Elijah Moore is a name that's being tossed out there from the New York Jets. Maybe there's uh, some surprise trade of a guy who's like the second or third receiver. There's not a lot of chatter right now, and there's not a lot of other big names out there, but they're going to do something. Like they're, they're likely going to have six receivers on the roster heading into the next year. So I would be pretty surprised if they don't address that in the immediate future. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Do it for us today. Spit it out, Kayla. Uh, quick story time, Nick, before we go. We had a Kings game on Saturday night, and Eric Stone Street was there. And wow. I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to go say hi to my fellow Chiefs enthusiast. So I went up to him after the game, high-fived him. Um, He's great. I was like, Eric, I'm a Chiefs fan. I was so caught up in the moment. I didn't even introduce myself like an idiot. Um, I go, fellow Chiefs fan. And he asked where I was from. I go, I'm from Missouri. Went to Mizzou. And he's like, oh, that's awesome. And he told his, is it his fiance? Are they married? I don't know. She's a doll. Fair Love enough. her. He anyway, seems like everybody I've known he, says he's the nicest dude of all time. Literally could not have been nicer. I felt like we were buddies just because we share, you know, the common bond of Chiefs kingdom. Um, and yeah, we high-fived. Went on our way. I said, good luck to your Wildcats. And that was that. But we need to get him on the podcast. What? Did you get his digits at least? No. <laughs> and you didn't even introduce yourself. Kayla. I didn't even say my name. Dude. I tagged him in my story. I tagged him in my story. We're on his radar. Okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll put it out there and see what comes back. Okay. There we go. I'll help you effort it uh, however I can. Great. What a great first guess that would be. Oh, man. That would be electric. <laughs> we're putting it out hopefully it comes back okay we need you, eric we need you he is nick Schwer. i'm kayla canaram this is it's always game day in kansas city and we will be back with you all later this week have a good one